One soldier stationed on an island in the Philippines during World War II told this story. Although the region was secure, sometimes the enemy tried to infiltrate our food storage area. One such adversary, dressed in military clothing, once worked himself into the noontime chow line. Our camp cook spotted him, reached under the serving table for his pistol, and yelled for the military police who were patrolling the area. After it was over, we asked the cook, how did he know the man was an enemy soldier? I figured it wasn't one of our guys, because he came back for seconds. You know, this enemy soldier stood out because he was a thankful person. He got a meal and he came back for another for seconds because he was thankful for what he had. Likewise, God tells us that we should stand out as thankful people also. Look in Hebrews chapter 13. Let me take you through a few scriptures here that talks about how we should be thankful. Hebrews 13 verse 15. It says, though Jesus, therefore, or through Jesus, sorry, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that confess his name. Let us continually offer a sacrifice of praise. In other words, we need to continue to be thankful for what God has done. Look in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 20. Ephesians 5, verse 20. It says, Always give thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. No matter good or bad, we need to give thanks to God. Because even if the situation looks bad, God can still bring about good in that situation. Look over in Colossians chapter 3. Colossians 3, 17. Colossians 3, 17. It says, and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Because no matter what you do, we need to be thankful to God for what we have. Then look in 1 Thessalonians 5. 1 Thessalonians 5. Verse 16. 1 Thessalonians 5.16 says, Be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. You ever wonder, what is God's will for my life? Well, he just told us right here that we need to give thanks in all circumstances. This is God's will for your life. In other words, be thankful. We need to be thankful. Now, Christians, thankfulness should be such a part of our lives that we stand out among other people. 
You know, if you have a thankful person, that person will stand out in New York City. I'm just saying. So, you know, it comes as no surprise that Jesus himself was thankful. Again, look at Matthew 26. If Jesus is calling us to be thankful, he's not going to call us to something he hasn't already done himself. In Matthew 26, verse 26, we read this at communion, but let's look at it again. He says, while they were eating, Jesus took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, take and eat, this is my body. Then he took the cup, gave thanks, and offered it to them, saying, drink from it, all of you. Now here's Jesus giving thanks that he can go to the cross, get flogged, get hung on the cross, and die for us. That's amazing. I mean, to give, thank you, God, that you allow me to die for somebody who doesn't even care about me at the time. That says a lot. Now, I've never preached a sermon saying how thankful God is. I've never even heard a sermon that's about how thankful God is. But there's a reason for that. And here's why. I just got a couple of quick points for us here. Why don't we hear more about why God is thankful? One is because sometimes we think too highly of ourselves. Sometimes we think too highly of ourselves. Look at Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, verse 3. It says, For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought. But rather, think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. So, for example, a lot of people think that God owes them salvation. Well, what do you mean? Well, I've been pretty good so far. I haven't done a whole lot of stuff, and even the bad stuff I did, look at all the good I did, as if it's a scale that you weigh it on. But I've done so many good things. Surely I deserve to go to heaven. They kind of view it as a point system. You know, and after you collect so many points, you get to redeem your gift. But that's not how God works. Look at Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9. It says, For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith, and this not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. See, God doesn't owe us salvation. We can't do enough. Our sins make our good deeds look ugly. But even church people can get this opinion that God should be thankful for what they do. That's exactly what the Pharisees did also. And it's it's really a game that people play with God. They're faithful in attending church, praying. They even go to a Bible talk or two. They'll even sing. But it's all about getting brownie points. God, I was at church last week. You know how many other people didn't show up, but I was there. I was singing when we were singing. I don't sing that good, but at least I was trying. Some people weren't even trying. We're looking for brownie points spiritually. 
Well, actually, it's not spiritual. It's more of a superstition. Because if I read my Bible for 30 minutes a day and then I have a great day, you know what? I got to read my Bible exactly 30 minutes every day to have a good day. If I do a 26, mm, I'm going to get a flat tire or the bus going to be late. We do that. Sometimes we say, I sin and God won't forgive me unless I have a 30-minute quiet time. We kind of make stipulations on God's blessing and grace. We have so many superstitions. You can be superstitious in your religion. You know, people say, find a penny, have good luck. I'd rather find $20. Or I got my lucky rabbit's foot. Wasn't too lucky for that rabbit. We get caught up in these superstitions and traditions. And guys, we can fall into that same thing in religion. Look in Isaiah chapter 64. Isaiah chapter 64. Verse 6. Because all of us have become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous acts are like filthy rags. You know what? No matter how good you think you are, in God's eyes, that's like a filthy, dirty, nasty rag. If somebody brought in a rag that they have been changing their oil with, and it got all dirt and grime and mud on it, and they say, oh, here, wash your face with this. You'd be like, man, please. That's all it is. We say, oh, God, here, look what I did. He's like, what? Away from me. I never knew you. Guys, it's not about, look at all the things I've done. It's about having a relationship with God. You got to remember, it's by God's grace that we're saved. And that's why we need to say, thank you, Jesus. Because of his grace, because of what he's done for us. Now, when we do do things that pleases God, he does like to reward us. Look in Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews 6 verse 9. Hebrews 6 verse 9, it says, Even though we speak like this, dear friends, we are confident of better things in your case. Things that accompany salvation. God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you have helped his people to continue to help him. We want each of you to show this same diligence to the very end in order to make our hope sure. God says, listen, just because you do good things, that doesn't save you. But also remember, I'm not going to forget that you did some good things. So it's not like you shouldn't do good things. Oh, that's what the preacher said. I ain't doing nothing no more now. No, no, that's not what I'm saying. We do need to do good things. But those good things don't mean I get to guarantee go to heaven. This is what he's telling us. Look in Luke chapter 6, verse 35. Luke 6, verse 35. But love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. 
Sometimes it's hard to, 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 to lend to our friends, let alone our enemies. Then, you, then your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. He says, listen, we need, to, we need to give. We need to be a servant. We need to think about others. Look in Proverbs 19, verse 17. Proverbs 19, verse 17. It says, he who is kind to the poor lends to the Lord, and he will reward him for what he has done. So why are we being rewarded? He says it over and over. But we're being rewarded when we do good to others. It's not about a checklist for us to build up enough credit points to get to heaven. It's about pleasing God by serving others. Look at Matthew 25. Verse 34. He said, boy, we're using some scripture today. You should in the church. So how do I avoid falling into this trap of looking at my good deeds and feeling good about my deeds instead of my relationship with God? Well, look in Matthew 25, verse 34. This is a parable of the sheep and the goats. It says, then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or need clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison or go visit you? The king will reply, I tell you the truth. Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. So how do you not fall into that trap of looking at your deeds and being legalistic? Just as these righteous people here. They were shocked when he said, look at what you've done for me. They were like, what, what do we do for you? We were just doing what we should do. We were just doing what comes natural as a Christian, giving to other people. See, they weren't giving, expecting something back. That's why they were surprised when he said this. But if they were expecting something back, they'd have been like, yep, you're right, I did. I remember when I did that, I remember when I did that, and I did that. But they weren't tallying it up. They were like... That's just natural. Guys, if you are a Christian and you have the Spirit of God in you, you will do what the Spirit of God wants you to do. And when you do what the Spirit wants you to do, God will be pleased with you and reward you. It's not tally up credit points. It's just do what's natural. This is what it comes down to. We do what's natural because we want to glorify God, not ourselves. It was a book called Rescuers, Portraits of Holocaust Survivors. It interviewed 105 people who had harbored fugitive Jews in their homes despite the danger to them and their families. 
A professor of sociology at the University of Connecticut found that many of the rescuers had a history of doing good deeds before the war. Some visited people in the hospital. Others collected books for poor students. Still others took care of stray animals. They just got into a habit of doing good. If they hadn't perceived that pattern as natural, they might have been paralyzed and not went to action to help the Jewish people. Guys, we got to ask ourselves, am I in a habit of doing good? Is that natural for me to do good? Now, if the Spirit of the Lord lives in you, you got to ask yourself, that's what God wants you to do. So is this natural for me? You know what? Is it natural for me to come in and hug somebody? Is it natural for me to smile? Or do I just walk around mad all the time? Do people look at me and get scared and, ooh, Jesus, help him. Or is it natural for you, even if those are challenges, is it natural for you to try and overcome them? You know what I appreciate about uh, the sharing that happened today? She was really scared. But she read a scripture, and that scripture is the standard for her life. So even though she was fearful, she said, God says, this is what I need to do. And I love God more than myself. God controls me more than my fear. So the question is, is this still the standard for your life? You feel this way, but the Bible says go this way. Which way do you go? Or do you go no way and just stay in the middle? Well, staying in the middle is still not God's way. So I hope, I hope you saw what I saw just there. It wasn't so much just the sharing. It was the fact that overcoming the sinful nature, the fears, the insecurities, by the word of God. That is the testimony. See, that's what needs to make us shine in this world. Remember what Jesus said to Peter? He said, Peter, do you love me? Feed my lambs. Peter, do you love me? Take care of my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep. The highest and only acceptable motivation for serving God is loving him. Do you love God enough to overcome yourself? See, we count the cost of people when we study the Bible and we look at Luke 14 where it says, you know, you need to love God more than your mother, father, brothers, sisters. But then we kind of skim over his, even his own life. See, we can love God more than other people sometimes, but when it comes down to dealing with who you are, do you love God more than you love you? If you said Jesus is Lord, is he Lord, or are you still Lord? Are you willing to sacrifice a little sleep to get up and read your Bible before you go to work? Who's Lord? Jesus or your snooze button? You got to amen. You got to ask yourself, is it natural for me to do good? Guys, if you continually do good and it becomes natural, it's going to become a lot easier for you to do. But if you don't practice doing good, then you got to ask yourself, is the Spirit of God living in me? That's all I got.